Coast2Coast.io. Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcasts. We are back here today with episode 30. I'm your host, Kyle Creasy. Today I'm joined again by Will Fortson. Uh, so thank you, Will, for coming on again. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, guys, we just wanted to hop on here real quick. It's been a, an interesting start to the season so far. Every team's about four or five games in. I think we're recording this on a Thursday. The Mavericks and the Bucks at this point have still only played three. But for the most part, four or five games out of most teams. We just wanted to hop on here, talk about some teams we may have been impressed with, some teams that have been underwhelming. And not going to be a long one. Just wanted to discuss some of that and call it a day. So um, first off, some teams that I didn't really note that I wanted to talk about today that I just wanted to shout out are the Celtics, the Knicks, and there was one more in the West. Celtics, Knicks, and maybe that was it. Yeah, Celtics and the Knicks. I just want to shout them out just because they've had pretty good starts to the season. The Knicks' defenses look pretty good. Um, Jalen Brunson has been an awesome for the Knicks so far. Tatum's had a really good start to the season. But just can just some other teams I've been a little more impressed with in terms of maybe expectations going into it. Is there any team for you that you didn't really – Feel was worth talking about in depth, but you were like, "Hey, shout out to this team." Oh, Washington. Uh, they're, they're three and one right now. Um, seeing that they're going to be that good, so yeah, Washington. Yeah. Um, so actually, we can go ahead and start out with Washington because I went ahead and uh, listed them because I just wanted to just discuss them just a little bit. Uh, like you said, they are three and one. Um, also, a report that came out today, DeLon Wright has like a grade two hamstring strain. So that's their backup point guard, one of their better perimeter defenders now out for what could be two months. That's a tough blow. Um, but they're deep, man. Like, like I remember going into the season, I was like looking at the roster and I was like, you know, they got a lot of guys that are just like solid NBA players. And that's something that's really helped them to this point. Um, Chris Stapp's Porzingis although he's probably never going to be what people imagined for him to be. He's looked pretty good to start the year. Um, I've also liked how Bradley Beal is being used as more of like a playmaker opposed to just a straight scorer. And I've also just been really impressed with Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's came out really strong to start the season so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, I admittedly haven't watched that many Wizards games, but uh... – they, you know, like I said, they they surprised me. I thought they were going to be um, a middle of the pack team, and I guess it's still entirely possible. It's still still very early, um, and I, I think that probably is what they're going to end up finishing the season. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, if they can somehow stay in the playoff picture, or if they're going to, you know, fall out and become middle of the pack. And if so, what does that mean for for Bradley Bill? Because I I think they they just resigned him, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, on, so, that, on that big five year max. Yeah, and it was up to me. I would have um I would have traded Bradley Bill about two seasons ago if it was if I was never managed to that team. I, I think that uh they're the definition of basketball purgatory where it's like you're 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 too good to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, but you're not good enough to be a legit like contender or even a playoff team. Um and I think that's probably one of the worst positions you can be in as an NBA team. So um I don't know. I mean I, I hope if, if they are legit, if they stay legit, because I think that's what's going to be better for their franchise and for them to middle out and then, you know, be stuck in that position where uh, you're drafting Johnny Davis again instead of drafting, like, uh, Jay Nivey or something. So uh, that's all my thoughts. 
Yeah, I, I think the thing with Johnny Davis for me is that he, as far unless unless he played like the other night or something, he's still not recorded a minute yet. There's um and they literally had the Malcolm Brogdon trade right there. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon talked about it on Woj's podcast before the season. Malcolm Brogdon thought that he was going to be a member of the Washington Wizards. That deal was in place. Wizards decided not to do it. Then they draft a guy, you know, considering they're a team that's shooting for the playoffs, they're not even playing. So just looks really bad. But, yeah, I mean, things are going well for them. I agree. They're kind of in purgatory. But maybe they can have a successful regular season. But it is early. Um, team I want to talk about, uh, they were undefeated until last night with the Portland Trailblazers. They're 4-1 and one now. I just think it's fun to watch Damian Lillard with a bunch of, like, younger athletic guys with a bunch of length. Um, you know, we saw for years just a Portland team with not very many solid defenders um, and not much length on the team. And now that there's a lot of that, it's just – it's an interesting dynamic. You've been able to see Dame play more off of the ball and be able to get more looks off of the ball opposed to as much the – he's still very ball dominant, but not as much. Um, he did get hurt last night. I hope it's nothing serious. I haven't heard anything about that, but we we play them. Uh, we in the Rockets. We play them on Friday, and he's probably gonna miss that one. But he said he should be straight for the next one. That's, that's okay. He'll miss maybe one, maybe two games, and he'll be right back. Okay, that's good to know. I was just, I if that if Dame were to ever get hurt with anything serious, that that team just kind of a wash at that point. Um, so that's good. Uh. What's what's another team for you that's impressed you so far? I'm sorry, you said what was my uh, impression yeah. on the? Yeah. Or you can if you want to talk about the Blazers, cool. But if there's another team that you want to move to, no, 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 I can talk about the Blazers. Um, so I was I was looking at the the box score for this game. Um, but the the Blazers, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. The they have they're another team I think has kind of exceeded. I wouldn't say exceeded expectations. I thought they were going to be pretty solid. But I, I think that they're going to be one of the teams when the season's kind of coming to an end, you'll start saying that they're closer to like the playing tournament than the actual playoffs itself. Um, and they're another team that I think could have blew it up. Uh, it's like the superstar in Damian Lillard. But I would have tried, I would have blew up Portland uh, when they got a team. Was it either swept or Zinnemann swept by the Pelicans? And I think it was, was it 2018 when that happened. I, that would have been when I called it because I was like, man, if y'all can't beat the Pelicans, I don't think you're going to beat anybody. So, um I, I think that they should have um, – I think they should still blow it up. But uh, Anthony Simons is, has been really good uh, to start. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic has been pretty solid as well. Um, they have some depth on their team. Shaden Stark has looked really nice uh, coming in. He was somebody a lot before high on this draft cycle. So we get to see that he's uh, playing pretty well. He's playing really well in summer league in preseason. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they're kind of in a good spot if they do decide they want to trade Dane, because they still have a lot of young guys they can kind of help retool around. Um, and then if they, for some reason, decide they want to keep running it back with Dane, I mean, they still have, like I said, time is going to keep getting better. Trump's going to keep getting better. Jimmy uh, Grant's probably not going nowhere. Uh, Josh talking really well, really good. So who knows? The, the Blazers are an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. They're they're in a spot where either direction they go, I wouldn't say they're in really like a bad position. So it's always good whenever you can be in a good spot going either way. Uh, I want to talk about just Josh Hart for a second. The way that he's able to, like, enhance this team in transition and just kind of, like, push the ball up the floor and he's so efficient just passing the ball and scoring, he's, like, perfect, like, alongside Damian Lillard. And so he, he's just turned out to be a great addition from that trade they made for C.J. last year or whenever they traded C.J. last year. Um, 
another team I want to talk about is the Jazz. Um, obviously, I think nobody really expected them to be where they are right now at four and one. You know, some of these teams, it's like like the Blazers, for instance, they're four and one, but we knew that they were teams shooting for playoff aspirations. But like the Jazz, I mean, this was a team that's considered by most only tanking for Victor, which they still very well could be. I mean, just because you win a few games beginning of the season doesn't mean that they're not going for Victor this year. But I just think it's been fun to watch because they're a group of guys that for a lot of the most part have been kind of written off. And so they're just all kind of trying to play hard. And I think it's going to benefit the Jazz in the long run because you can even go 20 games in and then or you can go half the season and then decide to like start losing and you'll be perfectly fine. So like some of these guys like Clarkson, Conley, you know, even if even if like a Laurie Markinen were to be flipped again, like some of those guys, they're doing great stuff for the Jazz because they put themselves in a position to where other teams may be enticed to like actually trade for them. And also the Jazz get assets back in that sense. So, you know, for a team that's probably looking towards tanking as the season goes and with what they have going forward, that could benefit them a lot to get even more draft equity on top of what they just got from Mitchell and Gobert. Yeah, um, that's what I would. That's what they were going to do. Like you said, I, I was kind of surprised that uh, they came out there four and one, and their only L I'm out a two more a little bit is uh, at the hands of the Houston Rockets. We beat them on Monday, and that's that's their one L this season. And quite honestly, I, I think they could have very well won that game if they weren't coming off of an overtime back to back against. I think it was Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans. They beat the Pelicans. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like if it wasn't coming off of an OT back to back against the Pelicans, I think they probably would have won that game or it would have been a lot closer um, than what it actually was. Uh, so, yeah, like they could very easily be like, what is that, 5-0 and right now? Uh, if, yeah. if, if, they, if they wasn't for that, which is like insane. If you would have told me a month ago that the, uh, the Jets were going to start 5-0, I probably would have been like, what are you talking about? So, um, I don't know. I, I think that they're going to continue to try to win every game and maybe after like the deadline, you'll start seeing a switch before they start dealing guys out. I thought, or of course, they said that's a lot of like, they're not expected to trade Jordan Clarkson. I don't know if you saw that report, but yeah, something I, about yeah. Go ahead. Zach Lowe like mentioned on his pod that like internally it seems like they really like having Jordan Clarkson around, but I also think that like if the right draft equity is there, like an unprotected first round pick from a few years from a team, I also don't really see them turning that down. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's like he's worth that. Like I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm positive there's a team out there that's going to look for some some bench. I mean, he's a sixth of the year candidate right every year. Like, and I mean, I, I've, I've watched him uh, now twice very closely. He's played my Rockets back to back. And I mean, he's, he's a bucket, bro. Like, I mean, for the, the role that you're going to give him, just come in and put the ball in the hoop. Like, he can do that at a really good level. So he's worth it. Um, so like I said, I mean, maybe at the deadline, they'll they'll start fire selling some of these guys. I think Mike Conley might get moved. Um uh, Keller Linick might get moved. Jordan Clarkson might get moved. Like a lot of the vets on this team might start getting moved to different teams at the deadline. Um, I think it's in their best interest if they stop winning games. So um, as a Rockets fan, I, I like it because that's one less thing I have to worry about getting Victor Wambayama. But uh, if I was a GM of that team, or if I was a fan of that team, I would actually be hoping that they stop winning games because I, I think that um, they have a very limited ceiling, even if they somehow do continue to win games. But I think that they're more of a of a team that's like we're, we talk about like Portland and Washington being middle of the pack. I don't even think they're middle of the pack. I think they're just a team that's been exceeding expectations uh, a lot. And I, I don't think that if they were to go into a playoff series, they would probably I don't think they would get a game. Um, so 
I think I think it's it's in their best interest to, to become the worst team in the NBA to position yourself to draft one B or two Indies or something like that. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm sure they'll get to a point where it's just you know losing games and going more into the young guys. They still haven't played Ochai yet. It was a lottery pick that was yeah, which is crazy. Um, so maybe that gets going as I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but cool to see Larry Markinen playing as well as he is. Cool that they randomly, you know, traded they traded Boyan to Detroit and got Kelly Olynyk, and he's looked pretty good <laughs> for Utah. Um, just just always neat to just see some guys that maybe haven't seen really play well in a few years, and you know, like like Olynyk, for instance, and then. Lowry, who people have always talked about, has had potential and now looks really good um, for Utah so far. So just cool to see stuff like that. Um, as long as they keep playing the way they're playing and playing the same guys, they're going to be a fun team to watch uh, just because of how hard they play. But we'll see how their season goes. There, I, there will be a point, in my opinion, where, you know, this this high kind of stops and then they kind of start trying to lose some more games. It'll be deeper into the season. But, yeah. Um, Next team I want to talk about is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I don't you, – you tell me, but I don't think there's really any debate. Uh, Giannis is the best player in the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's something that was pretty – that was – most people – Last year. Yeah, most people would have told you that last year, but I think he's just kind of further establishing it as we go. Um, he's leading the league in scoring. and he's. I mean, they played three games, but still, uh, the fact that they're – they're the only undefeated team in the league right now. And Giannis is averaging like 37 a game on like 68% shooting without Chris Middleton. And a key piece of theirs in Pat content has been out as well. So the fact that, you know, they're kind of dominating the way they are, especially defensively, even without those two, just, just really impressive on his part because nobody else from Milwaukee necessarily has just been great. So <laughs> it's just kind of an indictment on how good Giannis really is. Uh, I didn't know how they would maybe start out because they were missing Chris and Pat, but it looks like they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I think they've also. Uh, what teams they played? I know they played the the Nets. They played us, uh, and then what the, was the first game they played? The Sixers. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that when they're healthy, they're they're one of if not the favorite to win it all. I think that's even number Golden State. Like they they were my pick to go back to the finals uh, last year until uh, Chris Middleton got hurt. So that didn't shock me. Like you say, um, Giannis is the best player in the entire world. Chris Middleton is a, is a pretty solid uh, second option to that draw. is a pretty solid third option. They have a lot of depth. They have Bobby Portis, like you said, Pat Connaughton. Um, I think what some other good players in that roster that they have. I mean, they have, like I it, it, it is a championship, right? Like if you wanted a, a picture of what a championship roster could look like, it looks a lot like the, the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Um, I'm looking at the players. Brooke Lopez, a great yeah. player. Javon Carter's been pretty solid. Um, Wilson Mads has been pretty solid. George has been pretty solid. They have, they have the depth and the star power to win a championship. So I, I think it's just for them, it's just going to be about staying healthy. Um, they're staying together. They'll probably make some, you know, some additions at the deadline on the, on the buyout market. You know, as the season progresses, to kind of bolster their roster for the playoffs. But they stay healthy. I mean, I, it, it's hard to not have them, um, at least making the conference finals, if not the finals themselves. Yeah, um, they're a team that over the summer showed interest in Jordan Clarkson. Uh, they also, uh, the uh, Shams report earlier in the week and an article that he put out, they are the most recent team linked to uh, 
calling the Suns about Jake Router. Um, that would be a great addition for them. Yeah. Uh, so if you're if you're looking on the optimistic side of things for the Bucks, I think you're looking at a potential move somewhere, as well as the fact that Middleton's going to come back, Connaughton's going to come back, and if they can get anything out of the Joe Ingles signing, it's it's already worth it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, totally agree. They could easily be viewed as the favorites going forward, but just been really impressed to see that they're coming out strong. Um, next team, I'm going to go with the Suns next. Um, you know, after what was a collapse last year and even their offseason, like the way things went with Aiton and they were so focused on Kevin Durant and then media day looked horrible because DeAndre Aiton looked like he didn't even want to be there. Um, said he hadn't talked to Monty Williams since the game seven, but they look good. I mean, it looks like the Suns last year, just a team that's, you know, going to handle business in the regular season. I mean, I know we're only four games in, but considering what we've seen the past two years out of this team, it, I mean, it looks like the same product out on the, out on the floor. Um, Devin Booker has been awesome and they're coming off a back-to-back big wins over both the Clippers and the Warriors. Yes, I mean those those were two statement wins um, for a team. Like you said, had a lot of of uh, questions. I guess you could say surrounding them coming into this offseason. They, you know, they they pretty much told the entire world they were willing to move their roster for Kevin Durant, and um, that was kind of one of the reasons why the DeAndre Ayton situation this summer was kind of funny. They didn't really want to pay him either. Uh, and like you said, coming into the training camp and uh, media day, it was like DeAndre Ayton didn't want to be there. Uh, and I think a lot of people expected them to kind of regress to some degree uh, this season, which I guess is still possible. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they've, take, they've taken care of business so far through the first four games. And, um, I mean, if you're a Suns fan, it's what you want to see. They're, they're still top of the West. Yeah, and, you know, at some point, the Crowder thing is going to get done. And you have to think that in some capacity, they'll end up with an asset back. And... You know, since they're basically playing down a man right now, any kind of asset back can totally help. So if they can continue to play as well as they are, plus get an asset back, it just looks good for them even going forward. And even though Chris Paul has looked a little, I don't want to say like worse is like the term, but a little slow and not as much pop or whatever to start the year, maybe that increases, I don't know. But it's been kind of made up for with the with the playmaking of Devin Booker to start the year. Um, Mikel Bridges still looks great. Cam Johnson, I think they could hope a little more out of what he's given so far, but still been really good. And then Aiton's usage rate has went up. I want it to go up even more just because of how efficient he is down there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have him on my fantasy team, and he's been uh, – he's been, he's been giving me some solid points. Nothing, nothing too crazy, not for uh, – um, actually, I have both of them, both Cam Johnson and uh, Aiden on my team. So they they've been they've been both been pretty solid um, as far as the points go. So yeah, yeah. Um, next team I want to talk about is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, another team that was viewed as you know tanking for Victor, which they will at a certain point. There's no question about it with this team. That's that's their goal this year. Their goal is not to be a play-in team or to be competing for anything. Um, that's the reason that they traded DeJounte Murray. But, you know, I think it's good early in the season, especially like your fans of some of these rebuilding teams, to just see a good product on the floor from what you have currently, with like what they do with Keldon and Devin Vassell 
those two specifically because I, I'm I'm kind of convinced that Jakob Pertl might end up being traded at some point. I think he will. Yeah, but those two specifically, really good to see that you got two good wings um, for the future. Um, they lead the league in assists per game right now. Again, small sample size, but still. Um, and Keldon is, is averaging 22 points a game on 40% from three. So that contract, I mean, it looked good the moment that he signed it, but if he can keep this up, it's like a huge steal. Yeah. Um, I mean, they. What, what is their record right now? I think three and one. Three, the Spurs are three and one? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? I three, three and oh, two. Sorry, no, they're three and two. They, they, lost, they lost last night to the Timberwolves. I forgot about that. That's crazy. Okay, I did not know that they were worse. Wow. Though. So, I mean, no. So, so good thing about that. Like I said, I'm the Rockets fan. It's the less teams at the bottom of the NBA, the better for me. I did not know they were that they were that good this year. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what you knew. A Greg Popovich team was going to be able to compete no matter what. I mean, that that was not by the question. I thought they were going to be back by design, but I mean, I fully believe Greg Popovich can coach anybody to to some win. So. I mean, it doesn't shock me. I, I think uh, Trey Jones has been really solid. Um, he's, he's looking like his older brother. Um, doesn't throw the ball over that much. Make smart decisions with it when it's in his hand. Um, and so, yeah, that. Uh, what is the – Devin Vassell, he's been really solid as well. Yeah, so, he's been great. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't shock me. Like, I agree with you, though. I, I do believe that at some point in time this season, it's going to be a team that caves and offers up a first-round pick for Jacko Perto, which I, I think is the right move. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they can get some more assets, whether it's, you know, it would be hilarious if they could give it because the Lakers have been linked to Josh Richardson as well. And it would be hilarious if they could convince the Lakers to give those two first for like Josh Richardson and, uh, and Pirtle. <laughs> that would be the, the wrong decision if I'm the Lakers. Oh yeah. That would be terrible. It would, it would be funny if they could get two unprotected first out of that um but yeah i mean you know bright bright future for the team uh they got all kinds of assets and got some got some strong young young players to go forward but they will tank eventually um now the pelicans this is a team who a lot expected to be good um and right now they are three and one i believe and that one loss was against the jazz yeah, and overtime, and it was because Brandon Ingram got a concussion early in the game, and Zion uh, got yeah. his injury, the little hip contusion or whatever. And do you know? Do you know how long he's going to be out? I do not. I do not. Okay. Um, but he got his injury, and he went out. So I mean, they survived. Like they came back. They were down seventeen. Zion was already out, and yeah, they came back. back and forced overtime, and then they just barely lost in overtime. Um, they're deep, man. Like. They are deep, and I mean, they probably got 11, 12 guys that could play on most rosters. Um, Trey Murphy has just been on fire to start the year so far. Um, I, I was, I post, I post some stats from Synergy and Cleaning the Glass every day on our Twitter account, and today, uh, one of the things I was posting was, let's see here, it was Trey Murphy was number one in it. Yeah, here was. Today I was posting um, top 10 most effective players in transition based on points per possession. 
And Trey Murphy was number one at 1.923 points per possession on transition possession. <laughs> wow. He was somebody who I wanted the Rockets to draft last uh, last year, so it's pretty cool to see he's succeeding right now. Yeah. Um, he's also been shooting. I think he's over 50 from three right now. And, I mean, he's, yeah. t- he's taken it. He's, he's, always, he's been a very good rebounder for the Pelicans at this point. Um, something kind of underrated about him there. Uh, C.J. McCollum's looked really good. Jonas Valanciunas has been good for them. Um, Larry Nash Jr. has been a great backup big option for them. He was in the playoffs last year, uh, and he's he's looked good to start the year there. Uh, Devontae Graham is somebody who was a lot, of, a lot of Pelicans fans and NBA fans in general last year were like, okay, where does he fit on this team? You know, we just gave him this contract. It's not looking too great. He's looked good with them. I mean, they, pretty much everybody who's playing right now for this team looks good. Dyson Daniels, who they drafted the other night against Dallas, he was really good defensively. He was like four or five from the field, had a few steals, did a pretty good job one-on-one with Luka. Um, just a lot to be excited for for Pelicans fans. This looks like a really, really good team who's bound to win a lot of regular season games. It's going to kind of hell for them because, like you said, they they're they have the depth. Um, you, you said it with, with Dyson Daniels, with Larry Nance Jr., with Herb Jones, uh, Jose Alvarado. They have the depth, and they also have the star power. I think I think when he's healthy, Zion is borderline a top ten player in the NBA. I think Brandon Ingram is in that top fifteen to twenty range. Um, CJ McCollum is not too far behind in that top 25, 27-ish range. So that they have the star the star players that you need to win a championship. They have the depth, the well coached. Uh, they have the systems they all bought into. Um, for them, it's just going to come down to health. If, if Zion Williamson, you know, him being the biggest question mark with his health, he can stay healthy for an entire season, an entire postseason run, like, they, they're going to be just as good. I mean, they beat uh, the the Dallas Mavericks, um, I think it was, what, Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday when they, when they beat them. Um, and that was, like he said, yeah, without Tuesday. Zion. Tuesday, and that was without Zion or without B.I. Um, and and they, from, oh, they didn't have hurt? Oh, yeah, they didn't have hurt. And, yeah, no, and like, no, that was from – that was from the jump, too. Like, they, they were commanding that game from the tip off. Um, and it's just behind, like, those guys, they play hard. They have a system they bought into. Um, so if they're able to beat a team, like, I don't think they're not, like, a super contender, but I think that's a, that's a pretty solid team. Um, they were able to beat them without three of their best players. So, uh, actually, it's hell for them. It's the, the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Um, agreed. They're two stars. They look, like a, they look like a duo that could really lead them somewhere. So, yeah, totally agree. And the last team that I want to talk about that's just really impressed me is Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, John Morant and Desmond Bain just looked awesome the other night. Jaws looked absolutely incredible uh, through four games. But the one guy I want to highlight the most is Santi Aldama. I mean, they're missing Jaron Jackson Jr. right now, who, you know, probably the second best player. Maybe it's Desmond Bain. I don't know. But one of those two. Jaron Jackson anchors their defense. But Aldama has really stepped up in his absence, and he's been awesome, just on fire shooting the ball, and has really been solid defensively. Um, their scouting department just always seems to find somebody. Yeah, I mean, they, they like you said, they have – if the Pelicans don't have the deepest roster, it has to be the Grizzlies, right? Like, they have Desmond Bain, Darren Jackson when he comes back, Steven Adams. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been kind of – mid lately but like even when he's on he's he's a pretty good player um Aldama, they have um highest stones i think he's the best backup one guard in the entire nba 
Um, I'm probably forgetting somebody. Xavier Tillman. Um, I know um, what was their pick? Zyra Williams. I think he's hurt right now. But when he's yeah, back, he's, like, that's yeah. another. Yeah, that's another player who's like really, really good and uh, after the depth. I think they have one of the one of the deepest rosters in the entire NBA. John Morant has been playing at an MVP level uh, so far this part of the season. I mean, he completely embarrassed the Rockets uh, on last Friday. I was at that game, and it was incredibly frustrating watching him almost drop 50 on us. So, um, yeah, I mean, like for them, it's, it's the same thing I said with the Pelicans. I, they need to get their guys. So they, they need uh, guns like them to come back. Um, I didn't know up until uh, the day of that game that they still have all their draft picks. So, like, they yeah. can still – they can get – better than what they are right now they're like this team is there's a very clear way for this team to get even better than it is right now and I think they're already pretty good um and so I mean they can get scary for the Grizzlies very soon right now like that they I think you couldn't have scripted a rebuild better than what the Grizzlies have done um after trading uh Marcus all and Mike Conley I think like four seasons ago so yeah it's, it's amazing they they are primed in my opinion to make a deal uh, in the future, like in the next few years, maybe not like this year or next year or anything, but because of the cap jumping and and all the assets that they have, they're primed to make a deal for like another legit like all-star. Just yeah. because they have every single bit of draft compensation. At some point, you're going to have so many. When you have a scouting department as good as they do, at some point you got to choose a few guys and choose some guys to kind of let go because of the money. So I think at some point it's going to be some of those young guys and a bunch of the draft picks, and they're going to have another all-star alongside who all could be potential all-stars in John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, you just never know. So, yeah, yeah future's bright there, and this year's bright for them. It's not just future. Um, but now to move on to some of the more underwhelming teams opposed to the teams that we've been impressed with. So Will – I want to talk about the Lakers last, but who's because they're their own mess. But who's a team at this point has really been very underwhelming to you or disappointing? The Brooklyn Nets, but uh, I've been uh, so excited for the Rockets, but I, I I root for them to fail. So we be on the draft pick. So I've been I've been I've been pleasantly uh, watching them underperform this season. But yeah, definitely the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Ben Simmons doesn't look very good, like at all. And, you know, the hope going into it was he just does the exact same things that he did for that Philadelphia team, and he'll fit in perfectly. But he's not even doing the same things that he was doing for that Philadelphia team. I mean, this guy, he is probably averaging like seven or eight assists right now, but almost all of them are coming off of like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Just being great. Like, yeah. it's not really – it's not the typical, like, Ben Simmons push the floor, creates a three-pointer for, for a dude on the wing or something. Like, it's literally a DHO to two of the best ISO scorers in the league. <laughs> so – and then aside from that, he's not really giving much. I mean, he's not even – he's same same old deal, not a threat to score the ball whatsoever. And it's probably – he has more fouls than points right now. I think he does. Uh, I, I know he did it through three games, and I think he had more fouls last night. Yeah. I'm sure he does. Um, it's even worse in terms of him being a score, a, a threat to score than it was whenever he was in Philly. Like, to me, it's just been so – it's been as bad as you could imagine to start the year so far for him. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving backs him up today, or maybe it was last night or something, saying, like, you know, he hasn't played in two years, like, give him a break. But it's like, 
nobody's going to give him a break. Like you, you don't get to sit out a year and then get the benefit of the doubt. Like if, if you're going to sit out like that, you, you should come and be a lot better than you were before, because it's not like this was anything. I mean, I know he ended up having the back injury or whatever, but he, the majority of the time he was not sitting for something that was due to a physical reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, go ahead, man. I was pretty much down with that point. No, I was going to say, like, is he, he does, he looks awful. Um, and a part of it is because how do you play Ben Simmons? He's, I mean, he's such a, a flawed player to where you obviously can't run him as your point guard because no one's guarding him. So, like, you really, you can't, you can't, he can't bring the ball down the floor, like, or in your offense, your offense, because, like, no one's guarding him. He's being left wide open the moment he even, Get to the three point line. No one's guarding him because they know that he's not going to do it. Um, he's not that great in the dunker spot. Um, he's I, they haven't really been using him in the short world. I don't really know how you. He's not a good rim protector. You really can't play him at the five. I don't really know how you. And they, they they've learned quickly that him at the five is not going to work. Oh. Yeah, like and, and and that's the that's that's what makes it concerning is I don't know where you play him then. Um, yeah, you, you kind of have to like tailor your offense completely around his shortcomings. Uh, if if you want it to uh, to make it work, and I don't think that they have the personnel or that he's even worth doing that for. So, um, man, I hope that we don't reach a point. Well, actually, I do. I take it back. I do hope. I do hope we reach a point in time for the for the Nets that he becomes like a negative asset, and they they just they can't do nothing with him. Um, but I mean, it's starting to look that way. He's. I mean, he's not looking like he's worth um, the money that he was paid. Oh no, I, I think. And teams are going to start noticing that, and it's going to be hard to, to move him to another team if he's if he's playing, uh, you know, not even half of his contract for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, that was something that I was always kind of skeptical of is, is how he was going to fit in, in Brooklyn. I thought the only way he was going to work was if he played him into like a five. And as you said, we found out very quickly that's not what Ben Simmons is. So it's a mess over there right now. Well, and what's been so unfortunate for them too is that Nicholas Claxton has clearly been their third best player so far and he i mean he's been a bright spot for this team but the lineups of claxton and ben are just bad and it's yeah. like what are you supposed to do about that because one guy on one hand with with claxton has been your third best player and the other guy i mean you can't just sit him he makes 35 million it's like just really tough uh if you're Steve Nash. um that's the thing about it too with Ben Simmons is like even as even if they were to try to utilize him more as like a short role, teams are already guarding him. Like they like like how whenever he played for Philly, you didn't really see it as much till the playoffs in the sense that of how people were guarding him and how the defense was shifting because of him with the ball. They're already going ahead and doing that because of how much of a of a non factor that they know he is on the offensive end. So it 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 could be a really, really rough not just start, but First half of the season for this Nets team, if not the whole season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you summed it up. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I, I'm rooting for them to continue to lose. So I, I I need that team to to implode and blow up and uh get the restart. But I I don't know. I hope it's like they continue to, to lose these games and maybe more like on the trade deadline, Kevin Durant uh goes back on his uh trade me request. <laughs> Was just about to ask you that because, you know, if you, if you want to look optimistic, there's not a whole lot to look optimistic about this team going forward. But if you wanted to, you would start you would start out by saying Joe Harris 
he looks okay to start out, and maybe as he gets going again, he's back to what we know. And then you would also say Seth Curry's not there yet. But here's the problem. It, it's probably going to take a while for Joe Harris to get back to what we're used to. Yeah. And it's I don't know when Seth. And the Curry, last time we saw him, he was awful. Like the last time he was healthy. Um, yeah, it was the Bucks. He was terrible. It wasn't very good. Um, and then Seth Curry, who knows when he comes back and when he does, is he okay? I mean, so at that point, let's say thirty games in, if we're still not got Joe Harris and Seth Curry, what we know, or even the rest of the guys. I mean, who knows when T.J. Warren's going to play either? Um, if he even. If he will, I like seriously. I don't know ever when he's going to play anymore. Um, who are we talking about? Who? DJ Warren. Oh, oh, I forgot he's on that team. Yes, <laughs> you're right. So yeah. I, I, there's just so many missing parts with that team in general. You could tell Steve Nash's frustration last night because he got ejected in the video that went viral of him. I don't think that was just from that game. I think it's just an overall frustration of like, this is awful right now. And I would not be shocked if this team starts out really bad or they've already started bad, but I mean, over the course of like 20, 30 games. Yeah. And then, like you said, Kevin Durant kind of goes back to the trade request. And then they look to just see if they can get anything out of Kyrie because he's an unrestricted free agent next offseason as well. So. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge. And and I, I think I think Kyrie might be on his way out. Like if things keep turning the way they are, there's been a lot of ties to him in LA for some reason. Like yeah, it it could get very ugly for Brooklyn very soon. With like I said, it's a Rockets, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that it does. Yeah, and there Brooklyn's probably a team too, where like if the KD thing goes back at the trade request, I think Joe Harris is on the trade market. I think Seth Curry's on the trade market. They're, they're gonna blow it up. Yeah, I mean. Even though they don't have, now, that isn't isn't the way their pick works this year a little more interesting? Isn't it like, isn't it like they're they get like the worst pick out of like them and us? And it might it might actually be between us. I don't and think it's another team. It's like between them, Philadelphia, and, and I think it might be Miami. I'm yeah, not I, I don't think it's you guys. I don't think it's the worst pick that involves you guys. Because I think it's that, but, I, but no, I think it, I think it is. Though. I think I think it is. They get it the worst. I think it's just us this time. I think it's us. I think last year that was how the pick worked. Last year uh, it was them in Miami, um, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but yeah, to, to my knowledge, this year it's the worst of Houston and Brooklyn pick. Uh, the one that they get. So it's I like mean, it's three teams. So I just didn't know who the. I know it's them in Philadelphia. I just didn't know who the third team was. I thought I thought it was Miami, but I mean I I could be wrong. Okay, um, but we'll see what happens with them. Um, a team that I've been very unimpressed with and under and underwhelmed with is the Seventy Sixers. Um, the offense is bad. Um, speaking from someone who has had. Doc Rivers as your team's head coach before. Uh he does he does some things great. Like I can't lie. Like I think he is a obviously it's not going well to start the season, but I think he is a floor raiser for a lot of teams. But you have a ceiling with him a lot of times. And you know, he's he's not the offense has not been very dynamic to start the year this year. And it's not the same, but it takes me back to how he used Paul George in such a weird way whenever he was our coach. And he had Paul George coming off a lot of screens opposed to Paul George being able to create more. 
with the ball in his hands. And I don't know, maybe it's just the stubbornness or what, but the offense just hasn't looked very good. It's very bland. It's a lot of Harden and Embiid pick and roll with no option out of it. Um, a stat that I thought was very interesting, um, and the guy that's been their best player so far, James Harden, um, it's not really a question. He's been their best player to this point. When he's been off of the floor through five games so far, they have a minus 29.2 net rating. Um, and they've actually been better with Joel Embiid off the floor than they have with him on. And obviously we know how good Joel Embiid is and that they are a better team with him. But that just kind of goes to show me he's just been lazy. He's out of shape. Like, it, it, this, his effort on the defensive end has not been very good. I mean, you can't really complain about not winning MVP and then come out and show like this, you know? Like, that's just kind of what's frustrating to me from an outsider's perspective. But they were so hyped up with the additions that they made over the offseason. None of the Anthony Melton has been good for this team. Nothing else has really been proven to be that great so far. Uh, it's still just another year where we're like, how in the world is Tobias Harris on a, on a max contract? He's a quality player, but he's not worth 30 something million dollars. I just don't, I don't know, man. I, there's a lot going on in Philly right now, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've watched every Philadelphia game except for the one they played yesterday because um, I, I have to watch the Nets and the the, uh, the Bucks instead. But uh, outside of that, like, yeah, you're right. It's, it's been a lot of – Joel Embiid does not look like an MVP candidate or someone who's coming off of uh, running up MVP. And I know, like, I, I think this is kind of something who starts out kind of slow to start seasons a lot. I mean, it's kind of like in the norm for him. But through the – it was like three games that they play or they played four of it. The three games that I watched, he definitely looked like he took a step back. And, like, the defensive department, his defense did not look as good um, as it once did. Uh, and then offensively, he's not looking as dominant as he once did. I, I think that they kind of – they run the pick and roll with, with James Harden and Joel Embiid, but I feel like they could, that's, like, their most consistent offense. They don't they don't run nearly enough. Um, like you said, Tobias Harris um, had that one pretty good year, his first year in Philadelphia, and tricked everybody into thinking he was a really good basketball player. Um, Tyrese Maxey, I mean, has been kind of so-so for his own, for at least what I thought he was going to do this year. I thought it was going to be, like, in the author conversation, and, I mean, I think he can still get there, but he's not, I guess, not as the past firmly two, The past two games have been better, but, like, the first few, like, they weren't getting the ball in his hands enough. Yeah. Like, man, they weren't getting him involved enough. It was just, like, he wasn't really involved in any actions. He was just getting the ball, like, late in the clock or, like, to start out to initiate something. I just feel like that's not the way to use him, and they're not, they're not, they're dead last in the NBA in transition points per game right now. Um, which should, should not be happening when you have a guy like Tyrese Maxey on your team. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, just a question, real quick. Do you think that if it kept up, that that do you think they would lean towards maybe firing Doc Rivers? Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's possible. Um, I know that they've been like six percent have been complaining about Doc Rivers since last season. Um, so I, I think it's definitely possible, but I, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't know how the organization feels about Doc Rivers. Yeah, it seems like Maury likes him a lot, so I tend to think no. But also, I feel like if this keeps up, you might have to. Um, uh, you know, I don't really want to say the Heat overall, 
But Kyle Lowry doesn't look very good, and it doesn't look like Bam Adebayo has really added anything new to his game either. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. I'm not going to say the Heat in general, though. I think they'll be okay. Um, the Clippers. Uh, obviously, this is my team. I know they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, I'm not concerned a ton because I know that when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play, what the team is capable of. Uh, even just through the first few games, when those two are on the floor, it's a plus 16.9 net rating, which actually kind of falls in line with what they've had about a plus 17 net rating as long as they've been on the Clippers. Um, and it's a minus 14.2 net rating whenever they're both off. Hopefully that gets a little better. But I think the most disappointing thing for me is that a lot of people have said, who's the third best player on this Clippers team? And I mean, a lot of people were saying Norman Powell. Well, to start the year, Norman Powell is shooting like 8% from three, 27% from the field. Um, we're a minus 20.7 net rating when he's on the floor, and we're a plus 15 net rating when he's off. This is Norman Powell? Yeah. And I I don't know. It's just not been a very good start for him, especially a guy that said he wanted to start. He wants to be an all-star this year. We he needs to, He needs to be good for us, like to reach our ceiling. So it's been kind of – I don't want to say frustrating on his end because I know what he's capable of and it is only a four-game sample size, but hopefully it doesn't keep up. And obviously, um, to me, Zubak needs more minutes. I mean, I know that we're going to fall on small ball sometimes. I think that needs to be more of a playoff thing, though, whenever you're really scheming against teams, um, or at least to a much higher extent than they are in the regular season. But right now, small ball stuff's not been that great, and we're much better with Zoo on the floor. Um, he needs legit starter minutes to me, but he's, he's still starting though, right? He's just yes, like he's yeah, starting yeah. I just like he's starting, but then he'll play like 25 minutes. Like I want like 32, 33 minutes from Zoo, honestly. Like I just think he's been that good. Numbers are great whenever he's on the floor. He's been a really good big like under the rim. Uh, I don't know. I just think he should play more. I think they're Part of it, I think, is Ty Lue is trying to experiment with so many lineups right now because we have 11, 12 guys that could all play, and that's part of it. But I think early you can kind of realize that Zoo just needs to go ahead and play the minutes that he should. It, Zoo's not one of the players that should, that should be experimented in lineups and stuff. He should be a solidified guy already, in my opinion. Um, I, I think he's one of the best bigs in the like non-like superstar. He's yeah, yeah. NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he's definitely great. Um, but we'll see. They play tonight, play the Thunder again. Um, Thunder whooped our tail the other night. Shea goes, is Kawhi going to play today? No. Him and Morris are both ruled out. Paul George is questionable, but he should be playing. He was out the other night due to a non-COVID illness. Um, Kawhi, it was like a knee flare that happened early in the week. They said that he – Law Murray from The Athletic, who covers the Clippers – said that Kawhi wanted to play, but that the team wanted to be extra cautious with his ACL tear from prior. So I don't know. It's kind of frustrating to me because he feels good and he wants to play, but I get it long-term. But I just yeah. don't want us to get in a hole because of stuff like this. I mean, I, I think that, that load management is, is good for Kawhi's injury. Yes. I think that he needs to get that experience with his teammates. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why you guys weren't – like the bubble year, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the Nuggets were able to take y'all out because they had more experience and more chemistry playing with each other than the the Clippers did that year. So I think that they need to find that balance between low 
boat managing him and like letting him gel and, and learn to play with his teammates. Yeah, if if I had it if I had it my way, it would be exactly like it was on the Raptors. I get it. He probably said a little a few more games than just back to backs, but sit him on one of the nights of the back to backs. Look at every back to back for the rest of the season and pick one of the games or go by when how he's feeling on those games. Just pick one to play. He never plays a back-to-back all season. He's He still ends up playing 55, 55-ish games or whatever. If I could have it my way, that would be it. But looks like they're being really, really extra cautious to start the season. Um, so I don't know. But we can't really afford to get in a hole. No team can, in my opinion, just with how deep both conferences are. Paul George and Kawhi, looking at they said that I think it's interesting with what Paul George said that uh, – Kawhi was the one A, he was the one B. So they, I mean, they seem to, to know the role. I I, I believe in stuff. I think I think y'all can uh, be one of the best teams in the West this year. Uh, I said for me, it's just going to be uh, can Kawhi Leonard and Paul George stay healthy for a full season and for a full play, uh, postseason run? Because I so I, I think you guys can make the conference finals at minimum. Yeah. Um. And then last, the team that. Well, I think they're one of two teams that haven't won a game. The Orlando Magic haven't won a game either. Uh, but it I don't think anyone cares. The Magic have been competitive and actually like look kind of good, and Paolo Bancaro looks absolutely amazing. So I don't think there's much like, oh, no, for the Magic, as there is with a, the Lakers, <laughs> LeBron and AD, and our 0-4. Now, I actually thought there was a good chance that they can start 0-7, that's definitely still a possibility. Um, 0-4 right now. I think the next three are like Timberwolves, Nuggets, and I don't know, somebody else. But it's very likely in terms of who they're playing. Um, what is there even anything really to say about this team? They should blow it up. I mean, they, they throwing a child is is over with. Uh, that that title window closed. I just think I think the worst thing that they could do right now, and this might sound like crazy to some people listening because that's that's what a lot of people are talking about. The worst thing this team could do right now, in my opinion, is trade Russell Westbrook and and, and the two firsts. Yeah. I mean, I agree. where are you getting those? That's like their only two assets at this point. And you're getting nowhere if you make a trade right now. The team is terrible. I don't care if you get a Charlotte deal done, a Utah deal done. I don't even care if you get the Indiana deal done at this point. It's like the team's bad. And honestly, if there's a trade, it won't be until at least, like Woj and Shams have been saying, after Thanksgiving. At that point, it could be such a bad record, 20, 30 games in. It's just not worth it anymore. Like you might as well just ride it out, get off Russ's contract, and just try to do something next offseason. That sounds terrible with a LeBron that's 38 years old or however old he is or something like that. And, and AD kind of on the lower end of the prime or whatever, like the latter end of his prime, but it's a better option than trading him in two first for guys that aren't going to help you towards a championship right now. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you can make that buddy yield and miles Turner trade. And I still think the Lakers would miss the playoffs, but they're, they're not a they're not a straightaway, they're a roster away. And that, that's why I'm like, I think it would be very foolish to go ahead and trade those two picks. And then, like, you raise your ceiling from a bottom 17 to, like, maybe like a 
maybe you, you make the Flames tournament, maybe you get like the 11 seed. Like I, I don't think that's that's smart to do. Um, like I said, if I was them, um, I know me and you talked offline. I, I, I know how I would fix the Lakers if, if I was the team. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm blowing it up. That's that's for sure. I'm, I'm definitely not gonna try to run it back with, uh, with this team. And it's, it's, there's too much that needs to be done for this to be a, a championship contending roster. And I, I just don't think it's feasible to do without leveraging too much of your future. And like, there's no guarantee that if you do that, you'll become a contender. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, LeBron looks checked out already. Like, and and I mean, I figured he might be a little bit, um, considering. I, I think he's smart enough to know what they were getting into this year, but I, but. To be checked out this early, I just didn't expect it. I mean, that's that's even more of a sign of like, it's yeah. not it's not getting any better. And it's not going nowhere. Anthony Davis is already having back issues. He did something. I don't remember who it was against, but then he went up for a wide open dunk last night, and afterwards you could tell it was just aggravating him like crazy. So yeah, I don't know. Um, they're bad. They're really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's- terrible um but hey man it is what it is yeah but um that's kind of, that's kind of it for today just one obviously so early we don't really have enough to just go in and talk about yet but just want to talk about some impressions on some teams so far so will thanks for hopping on man um, no but with that being said this is the end of episode 30 of the coast to coast podcast see you guys next week <laughs>